We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz, presented by OTGBasketball.com. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, the great Australian Jack Manuel. What's up, Jack? Playoff basketball is fun, but let's talk some Nets. Yes. You know, it, it does it does hurt watching, you know, the NBA playoffs and not seeing the Nets in there. But, you know, soon enough, they'll get back into that playoff race that we're hoping for. Maybe next year, maybe the year after that. And especially with the way, you know, the press conference went, the exit interview with Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson, some really good quotes. And that's what we're going to touch on today. But before we get started, just a reminder, you can listen to the Brooklyn Buzz on iTunes, Block Talk Radio, OTGBasketball.com, and we are now airing on Dash Radio. But Jack, let's get started. And this one I know is close to your heart. And all these quotes are courtesy of SB Nation, Nets Daily, uh, the New York Post, Newsday, you know, all the great NBA media outlets out there. Thank you for these quotes, and that's where we got all this information from. But first one, marks on keeping Joe Harris. I thought Joe made it pretty clear. He'd love to be back here. Definitely, he's a guy we see in a Nets uniform. How did that make you feel, Jack? It made me feel absolutely outstanding, all giddy inside, Nick. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's great to hear that Joe Harris feels the same and, and the front office feels the same. I mean, you, you can't not after the season that he had. One of the most consistent performers, uh, a great six-man, um, the perfect six-man in my eyes. His offense, his defense, his energy, it's everything you want out of a guy coming off the bench. And yeah, I think... All signs point to uh, a hopeful, nice contract extension that rewards Joe Harris's effort from this year and his talents. And hopefully uh, we see him in the black and white next year. Yeah, honestly, like you said, Jack, all positive thoughts. You know, the only thing I worry about is some team coming out there and throwing him a big deal where the Nets can't really afford to match it. And I think Joe Harris would understand. But from what he said, it seems like he'd be willing to take a slight discount to stay in Brooklyn. You know, helping him develop into the player he has, Kenny and the staff, I think it really means a lot to him. I think the only thing that probably goes for us in terms of Joe Harris is the, the, the restricted amount of money that's on this market yep. right now. You look at what Lou Williams, Yeah, the only thing that really looks 
um, that's positive for us is the fact that Lou Williams only got like a, a mid-level exception at eight million per year. Now, if, if to be honest, I feel like Joe Harris could almost get that, but Lou Williams was an all borderline all star, um, just missing out. So if Joe Harris, I, th- I feel like if that's the range, Joe Harris will probably get four to five max, and the Nets could probably afford that and match that in terms of our our space and in terms of our salary cap. But it's it's still worrying in terms of the fact that. He is such a great performer, but I'd rather we reward someone who's done well than sort of pick up someone who's an unknown commodity. Sort of build from the inside, which is sort of what a lot of the quotes were coming from Sean Marks and Coach Kenny as well. Yeah, and that kind of gets on to the next quote, actually. Sean Marks on Kenny. I don't think we can argue what Kenny and the staff have done with developing talent. There's no no better uh, segue than that, my friend. I, I feel like Coach Kenny... Was is known as the player development guy, um, and to be that, you know, as in today's NBA, you look at like guys like Brett Brown in terms of what's happening in Philly. You look at what happened out in um, in Oklahoma City with Scott Brooks earlier in when they had James Harden and Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. You know, co- player development with young players is the number one skill. Um, obviously, building that team culture as well is is very important. But in terms of where our age range is and our demographic in terms of player development, we need to have the, you know, the development of their skills, their physical maturation. Um, and I feel like a lot of uh, credit goes to also the the staff around Coach Kenny and sort of the yes. team around him. A lot of great uh, assistant coaches that are working really hard. And I feel like they've all got the, the right mentality going forward. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the young coaches on the net staff, they're like guys just working hard, trying to make a name in the NBA. So that really helps the young guys. And like Mark said, you can't really argue with it. You know, you'll see people try to throw shade at the Nets, but before they came to the Nets, nobody really knew who Spencer Dinwiddie was. Nobody really know who, knew who Joe Harris was. You know, Rondé's really improved a lot. Karras has improved. Jared Allen went from being a possible, you know, G League player this year to being a starter in the NBA. You know, a lot of great stuff from the staff. And like you mentioned, the coaching staff, also the performance team, the analytic team. You know, I think all across the board, the Nets organization has really helped these players get better. And that's something we'll even touch on another quote later. But uh, Kenny also mentioned, he noted, you know, players like D'Angelo Russell, Alan Crabb, they haven't gone through a full offseason with the Nets. How much do you think it'll help guys like that? You know, D'Angelo, he came over a little bit later on. Alan Crabb had the injury in a training camp, and he came on a little bit later than some of these new guys. How much is an offseason with the Brooklyn coaching staff and team really help these players? I think it's pretty big, Nick. I think continuity is a huge thing in basketball and in all sports. And to have that consistency and continuity, I feel like it's going to be only beneficial to those guys that you mentioned. Um, you look at Jared Allen having a full preseason, and he almost played the full 82. Damari Carroll as well, Rondé. These guys that had that full off-season were able to sort of develop a base, you know, get um, sort of immerse themselves in the sort of the, the practices because I feel like the with a team like ours, practice is such a huge thing, you know. Uh, it's all it's always talked about the fact that the Cleveland Cavaliers never have practice or whatever. Well, they're the old one of the oldest teams in the NBA. So in, in that sense, you know, LeBron is a coach on the court anyway. They don't really need to. But for our Nets, we're still learning the systems and we're still sort of, you know, trying to execute in a, in a really positive way, you know. We only got, in terms of our Ws, um, we only got, you know, we got under 30, 27, 28. So, but uh, I feel like, yeah, continuity and consistency is certainly going to help when, when it comes to a good preseason. 
Yeah, it, it helps the guys. And like a lot of these young guys, they really just need to develop good basketball habits. And that comes from practicing and playing basketball. So a full off season, you know, possibly some summer league, it'll really help these guys. And I'm sure they'll scrimmage in Brooklyn. They have a great facility. So it kind of invites the guys to stay there a little bit more than some teams where it's like, you know what? Maybe I want to go to my hometown and kind of work out. But instead, you see a lot of these players stay in Brooklyn, stay together, hang out a little bit more. And I think that's great for the team. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, team camaraderie. Um, you know, you got to love your teammates. Uh, Miami Heat, there was a great podcast by Rob Bahoney on the breakaway speaking to Wayne Ellington. And he had said how tight-knit the outfit was over there. Now, they don't necessarily have such a, a an elite-level superstar there, but they've developed such a camaraderie that they want to, the die for Eric Spolstra, and, and in terms of each other, he called it a brotherhood. And I felt that's what building out in Brooklyn as well. There's this this element of brotherhood that's that's certainly coming between our players. And sometimes it does lead to championships. You know, you don't always necessarily need to star. You look at those contending Detroit Piston teams in the 2000s. You know, Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace. Um, Rip Hamilton, Chauncey Billups, Tayshawn Prince. You know, if you have a good, solid team and they play together for a while, it can really make up for some flaws of that unit. It definitely can. And in terms of we have the ability that we have sort of almost borderline all-star talent in terms of, you know, in the next couple of years. And we have an elite players with elite skills. And I feel like that's probably the only thing that matters in terms of their skill set. You don't need to have the, the sort of accolades, so to speak, as long as you've got the right game style and the right level of talent there. Yeah, and it leads to Ws. You know, you have to check off the certain areas that championship teams have. It doesn't all have to necessarily be in that player. Yes, it does help, but sometimes you're able to do it as a unit. We're talking about somebody who is expected to have a pretty big season for the Nets, and it was really sad to see him go down in the first game, and that was Jeremy Lin, and Sean Marks had this to say about him. He's proven people wrong his entire career. There's no moment too big for him. I wouldn't bet against Jeremy. The way he's attacked his rehab over the last few months has been impressive. And he also mentioned that the Nets will not rush him back. What are your thoughts on this? And obviously, the question mark with Jeremy Lin being with this team next year, we talked about it, D'Angelo Russell, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert really being a great at point guard mostly. So where do you think uh, – what, what did this quote mean to you about Jay Lin? I feel like he's got, a, he's got a spot going forward, Nick. I feel like with Damari Kale, we saw the leadership and value that he provided in terms of that intangibility, not just on the court. I feel like Jeremy Lin has that in spades as well. And I feel like he can provide that to guys like D'Angelo Russell and Karis Silver and even Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, I, I feel like we talked about how many ball handlers, you know, it's never necessarily a bad thing to have too many ball handlers. And I feel like all these guys going, and I'm sure we'll do it in, in, in a further preview series, all these guys have a place on the roster, but whether they, they're there long-term, it remains to be seen. Obviously, the recent sort of transition in ownership to Joseph Sy as well, and that sort of, impact going forward into the Asian market. I feel like Jeremy Lin has a huge presence there. Um, I'd love to see him you know, suit up because even in that first game, he looked really good. Um, we look at what in Toronto where Fred Van Vliet is having you know, an awesome season and they're playing three-guard lineups there. Out in Portland, Shabazz Napier, they were playing some really nice basketball at times with him in the lineups and three-guard lineups. I'd like to see that sort of experimentation going forward this season. You know, I don't feel like we are a playoff team yet um, in terms of when you look at the elite level of talent right now, like Miami Heat are an eight seed and they're taking it up to a three seed in Philly. Um, I don't think we're at that level yet. So I'd, I'd like to see sort of this experimentation going forward. And Jeremy Lin, in terms of his will and mentality, he's one of the guys that, like what they said, never can him out. And, you know, he's got all the talent in the world and he's been around the block a few times. 
Yeah, sometimes in this is not in not in a mean way, but sometimes an injury like that can really like rejuvenate someone's career. You know, obviously coming to Brooklyn, he was already excited, but having the injuries over the last two years, you know, Jeremy Lin feels like he's probably lost some time in the NBA. So he probably wants to make the most of his remaining years. And like you said, ball handlers are never a problem in the NBA. Long as Jeremy Lin can shoot a high percentage from three, no reason they can't play three guard lineups. You know, he hasn't been a terrible catch and shoot player in Brooklyn at some points. So I'd like to see him in that role a little bit. And like you said, he could be a six man. He could be a gritty guy. One thing I know this is a little off topic since we're talking mostly about Kenny and uh, Sean, but Lynn mentioned that he liked to bring some defensive intensity to the team, some toughness, and that's something he could do. Sitting on the bench and seeing and, you know, watching from home, he saw what the Nets need and he knows defensively he needs to bring something. And he was great. You know, I've referenced this a lot on the Brooklyn Buzz. He was great off the bench for Charlotte. You know, Kemba said it was great playing with him. He made his life a lot easier. Having a smart player like Jeremy Lynn in a smaller role sometimes, especially with injury history, could really benefit him. Yeah, and we see sort of what Spencer Dimwitty was like towards the end of the season in terms of coming off the bench. You, know, you replace that sort of impact with a guy like Jeremy Lin, who has probably no problems in that sense. And I'd like to see Jeremy... I'd like to see just a lot of different experimentation next year because, you know, as much as I'd love to see us make the playoffs and, you know, get 40 wins, uh, it, it's certainly going to be a huge jump. But I'd also like to see us, you know, get a nice draft pick because it's going to be the first time in so long. And, you know, if we're getting, you know, as, as long as we see the same sort of impact this year in terms of our player development, that's for me the important thing. You know, we, we see guys like take that next step forward. You know, we've seen huge, huge growth this year already from um, a lot of our players. And Jeremy, without their, probably our franchise guy, so to speak, obviously D'Angelo Russell's there, but Jeremy Lin in terms of his impact and in terms of his marketability, uh, he's certainly up there as well. Yeah, he definitely, and like you said, in terms of making money, you know, his impact in the Asian market, he could really bring something to the Nets and this team. You know, it's and it, I, it's not like, you know, the Nets are not concerned about winning basketball, but obviously that's still something on the side that you always have to worry about. It is a business at the end of the day. Yeah. All right, moving on to another quote. This is Sean Marks on the interior of the Nets. Marks noted that Jared Allen will mature physically. Also notes the Nets aren't looking for one specific piece, indicating their focus won't lie in improving in one area. So what did you make of this? Uh, I feel like I've made this point before on the, on the buzz in terms of our talent depth, Nick. You know, we've got, you know, some nice guys that, you know, can play some good basketball. Damari Carroll's a season guy. Uh, outside of that, in terms of our amount of talent and our ability to compete consistently with some of the best teams, um, it, it can wane a little bit. We don't go you know, 12 deep. We're not a Houston Rockets. We're not a Toronto Raptors. We're not a Boston Celtics. We don't have that talent depth where we can put out guys left and right. You know, guys like Milton Doyle, our 12th, 13th guys aren't elite. They're not going to be elite, but they're not, you know, NBA ready, so to speak. Um, whereas, you know, for me, Sean Marks is just about that talent acquisition, you know, not being picky, getting guys on the right contracts, getting guys that fit into our system. Getting guys that want to buy in, you know, you look at a Dante Cunningham, um, a, a late season acquisition who was awesome for us. You know, his impact that he had on the floor, especially, um, you know, hitting the three, fitting the system, playing some nice defense, spacing the floor. I feel like that's probably the the main thing to take away from that. And I feel like if Nets fans, you know, if we're all about getting better, talent acquisition is the main way to go. Yeah, I think it's about getting versatile, talented pieces, like you said, that fit the system, have the right attitude. You know, when it, when it comes to the day when the Nets are ready to compete and maybe contend, having just a lot of talented guys on their roster make it a lot easier to make trades, especially when they're young guys. 
So that's something I'm definitely impressed with. And I also noted the fact that he said Jared Allen will mature physically. And I think that can't be undersold. You know, Jared Allen with 20 more pounds and a better experience in the NBA is going to be even better. And I think a lot of us were really happy with his rookie season. His sophomore year will obviously be better because he just seems like that guy who's going to put in work every single day. I wouldn't be surprised if he already has, you know, his routine ready and working on it for the rest of the offseason to really put on some size. Yeah, there was a sneaky little tweet. I can't remember if it was from Spencer or Damari. He's like, you know, James Harden is or it's like, this guy is the MVP. And then Jared Allen responds, um, comment tweets, and he's like, oh, thanks, man. And I remember when he <laughs> yeah, I that. I saw, I saw, yeah, it was, it was kind of nice to see that banter. And that little bit of sort of confidence from him, because, you know, we know he's a, a low-key sort of guy, but I'm um, good to see him getting some uh, some activeness on the on the on the Twitter sphere. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it was it's been noted in interviews and other things like he doesn't necessarily talk about, it, but he has that internal confidence where he believes he's the best player. So that's something great, and obviously him working on that. But a couple of quotes from Kenny: Kenny on self growth. I've definitely improved, but I also know I have a long way to go. That's from the heart. I feel it's trending positively every day. Walking here, and I learn a ton. I feel like he's got a very balanced mindset, a very sort of uh, a realistic mindset in terms of where he needs to be to be, you know, an elite NBA coach. You know, he knows, you know, he's got a great sort of relationship with the front office and, and probably ownership, but he knows where the development needs to be, not only within the players, but also himself, because, you know, with the players, he's growing as well. I mentioned this sort of partnership going forward. You know, Coach Kenny is in his NBA infancy in, in terms of, head coaching you know being an assistant coach is one of the best we know that you know with Atlanta and 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 the rest of the teams you know he knows how to work with players develop that rapport but coaching an entire roster coaching the rotations coaching schemes offensively defensively you know we know what coach Kenny's trying to do and the fact that he's been able to implement and sort of we know what he wants out of his players and it's just about execution um, more so than anything and in terms of his rotation, I think it's probably one of been one of the bigger criticisms of him this season. I feel like we can't sort of question him too much because at the end of the day, you know, we didn't have like we were talking about earlier that elite level talent. But Coach Kenny is growing, our players are growing, and I feel like you know um, it's a really sort of uh, mature comment from him. And I would expect nothing less from a guy like him. Yeah, like you mentioned, and I think, you know, the thing about the rotations, you kind of hinted at it experimenting. You know, the Nets knew they weren't going to make the playoffs at, you know, halfway already three months into the season, pretty much actually like a day after Jeremy Lin went down. I think playoff hopes definitely went down the drain a little bit. And then Trevor Booker going, getting traded, obviously. But I think, like you said, as a player, even looking at this, you know, quote from Kenny, it's like, all right, this guy doesn't think he's perfect. He knows he needs to get better every day. Like I can buy into the mentality and work with this organization. You know, it's just like, a positive it's just like kind of what i'm thinking about the nets in general like they know that they're not perfect but they're working every day to get better and that goes from you know the coaching staff the front office to the players on the team yeah it's all about internal growth from everyone you know and i feel like if the got the right guys we bring in if they don't feel like if they can improve either they feel like they're too good for brooklyn or they're too good in general then they're not going to be the right guys going forward because i feel like you know the right pieces the right mindset is going to be crucial to see um, incremental growth from this team. Exactly. And now I got a nice little segment from Kenny on the Nets defense, Nets defense this season. Part of it was personnel. We have to find the right personnel that fits our defense. We must improve our activity and general defensive energy. We were 30th in the league in turnovers. Part of that was we play pretty conservative defense and we fouled too much. If you're not turning teams over, you shouldn't foul. 
Yeah, I feel like that's a good point. Um, we've sort of mentioned uh, in passing about the sort of, as a lot of our guards sort of give away ticky-tacky fouls that probably shouldn't be given away. Guys like Karras and Spencer. Um, in terms of just basketball IQ and maturity, you know, if you don't need to give away the foul, don't do it. You know, don't give them that extra five, ten seconds in the possession. Don't give them, don't send them to the line in that sense. Give them easy points, you know. Make them earn the possession. Um, we're sort of bailing them out in times. And I feel like that comes down to, you know, it, it's 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 on the players, so to speak. I, I feel like, you know, Coach Kenny can only do so much. But when you're out there, you, know, you can't say don't foul. You, you've got to have that level of IQ in terms of, you know, your body positioning, uh, in terms of where you're active, um, in terms of, you know, when to sort of go for those deflections, when to go for those steals, and sort of being smart and, and mature in that sense and going, okay, this is the right play to make the steal. This is the right time to step back. This is the right time to step up. Um, and I feel like that's also, you know, a, a maturation and, and that'll come naturally. And hopefully next year, our defense is the number one thing that does improve because our offense looks okay. We just need to execute on both ends. Yeah, honestly, you're correct. And I think one thing that wasn't probably mentioned by Kenny that I think will be huge is like, if you think about it this way, when you're playing against someone smarter than you, younger than you in some cases, you know, and you, you have the physical advantage, they tend to foul you a lot. In most situations with all the young players the Nets have, they're physically outmatched in terms of strength and size. And that's nothing against them. That's just the fact they're young guys and they're playing against grown men who've been in this league and really established their bodies already. So I think another year in the offseason of just putting on some muscle, putting on some weight will help. And like you mentioned, Jack, just some good habits, you know, practicing more, not fouling, and just playing good defense and really being stern. I think that's going to have a huge impact on the Nets. Like guys like Rondé, guys like Karras, D'Angelo Spencer, I think having some muscle and be able to maybe stand up some guards instead of kind of getting just like shrugged away against some of the bigger guards in the league. Yeah, because it's always hard coming up against guys like James Harden, you know, uh, Stephen Curry, these guys, you know, while they're not necessarily the most bulky guys, or Russell Westbrook even, you know, these guys have all the physical tools that we want guys like D'Angelo Russell to have. And it's not that D'Angelo Russell doesn't have, you know, a, a solid frame about him. It's just that I feel like he needs to learn how to use it. And I feel like a lot of guys, you know, need to learn how to sort of know what their bodies are capable of. And, and, and I feel like that comes with more than anything, just experience. And, and, and I feel like that will come with like we were mentioning earlier, good preseason and just good progression going forward. Yeah, and I think uh, Jeremy mentioned Jeremy Lin, you know, just being nastier. You know, I think the defense just needs to be a little bit meaner. And if they are going to foul, they need to force way more turnovers. And I think that was something we really touched on later in the season is that we want to see more turnovers from this team, especially on the break. They have so many good athletes. You know, it just makes sense to play quick and kind of attack when you're playing small and you can't protect the rim physically. You have to really help with double teams. I know this is like high expectations, but you watch a Golden State playoff game and the way they just help each other and recover and rotate on the floor, it's just beautiful. And it's just something you wish the Nets can kind of at least grow towards this offseason. Definitely. And I'll add in also, I really like how Philly does it as well. And then they've sort of got some youth about them and the execution from the perimeter is a lot higher than ours in terms of the guys that have got there in Bellinelli, Covington, Ilyasova. But in transition, when Ben Simmons has the ball in his hands, he pushes that pace. And he's a great defender as well. You know, Carlos Levert's probably our closest prototype to him in terms of, you know, the physical capabilities. But being able to run in transition, you know, I'd much rather sort of go the, the Philly Golden State mold than the Houston Rockets mold. We, all, we got that comparison a lot during the season, but they like to slow it down a little bit. They're not necessarily, I'm pretty sure they're still top 10 or the top half in pace, but we want to be, you know, top five in pace. And to sort of continue that, like sort of what New Orleans is, I feel like they're number one in pace in the NBA this season. We need to sort of yes. be active, like you said, defensively. 
Yeah, and uh, you mentioned Houston. Like they do, they do pick up the pace. And one thing that I wouldn't like to be like Houston, just and that's also because we kind of lack some of the personnel. Is they ISO a lot. You know, yeah. James Harden, Chris Paul ISO a lot. And, and you know, I think for us, we see the offense working the best when guys are all touching the ball. Great ball movement, especially when they have multiple three pointers out there, multiple three point shooters. And you mentioned pushing the pace. That's another advantage of playing multiple guards. You know, some guards have to go in to help rebound. And that one guard can sneak out and really start the break. And it's just attacking the defense early to get some easy buckets. It doesn't always necessarily result in a bucket right away, but it might just end up with a mismatch where maybe Rondé comes down the floor and now he has a point guard on him. Yeah, and I feel like yeah, that like we said, we had those guard lineups out there. Um, I, I think it was one day early in the season. Um, was saying that you know we were sort of boxing out for our guards so we can get out on the fast break. So if that sort of um, game plan continues and having three guards out there and they've all got size about them, I think Jeremy is probably the shortest one out of all of them. But we know if he's back in in terms of his physical health, he's got some nice athleticism as well in terms of his speed. And it's low-key athleticism. Low, very low-key athleticism that a lot of guys, you know, uh, in the pre-drafts, in the pre, in the drafts before in, when he was uh, scouted, he had speed as, as high and agility as high as a guy like a John Wall. But I feel like he, he spoke in, in, in interviews where he was saying, you know, that people just sort of dismissed that about him because of uh, his race and his heritage and his background coming from Harvard. So we know as Nets fans that I feel like a lot of guys that have had Jeremy Little on their team Charlotte, New York, Houston, uh, even to a lesser extent, LA, they know what Jeremy Lin's capable of in terms of athleticism, and he's going to add a lot to us. Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, one thing I've seen from Jeremy mentioned before is that he actually works on his athleticism, you know, being a great athlete. And that's something, obviously, as he has dealt with these injuries, it'll be important to see how he looks going to this season. But just two more quotes before we get out of here, Jack. Sean Marks, a uh, partial sales pitch to free agents. The emergence of some guys on our roster, how they obviously developed. I don't need to speak about Brooklyn. The guys that leave here, when they speak about their experience here, that's been terrific. Guys want to play here. Yeah, um, this all just speaks to culture, Nick. Um, and one thing that I took away from the season, I remember Karis LeVert and Nick Stiauskas, former college teammates, saying before Stiauskas was coming in, and he asked sort of Karis LeVert about what the sort of vibe is out in Brooklyn, and he said this is an elite, elite number one sort of, uh, organization in terms of culture. You know, we've got the facilities, we've got all the players um, in terms of their buy-in for the for the coach Kenny and his system and the coaches. Um, the coaches really want to do well. Um, and in terms of the 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 right the ability to work and the ability to want to get better. Um, there's a lot of sort of sort of coaches out there that sort of see to you know just letting things happen, sort of going through the daily grind and and not knowing where you are going forward. I feel like there's a goal going forward for for Coach Kenny and Sean Marks. And uh, the guys that buy into that and want to get better, no matter what age you are, Damari, Carol, Dante, Cunningham, or a young guy, you know, you look at um, D'Angelo, Russell, Carol, Savetta, Ronda, Hollis, Jefferson. What, no matter what you are, what age you are, there's always going to be room for growth for you as a player. And Coach Kenny will get that out of you. Sean Marks will get that out of you. This whole Brooklyn Nets organization will make you better as a player and as a person. Yeah, 100% on point right there, Jack. And I just add the fact that is, you know, the Nets don't limit players. You see them expand their game when they come here. You know, Kenny is a guy known to help you develop something later in your career. Look at Trevor Booker, probably really developed himself in Brooklyn better than we've seen earlier in his career. So even Damari Carroll saying, like you mentioned, having one of his better seasons here, I think the Nets can do a lot with that. The fact they're being in Brooklyn and, you know, it sucks for the Knicks, but the fact that Porzingis went down kind of stales, you know, puts their, their rebuild on hold a little bit. 
So we could possibly get in a better position before the Knicks. And that would really make us one of the top tire free agent, you know, destinations, especially in 2019 where we really have some cash. Yeah. Who knows? Kawhi Leonard? No. Um, it's still, it's still <laughs> when that space becomes available, guys like Clay Thompson will be available. Um, there's certainly going to be some talent around there. And, you know, if the Nets are still on the, on the way up and there's that organization that sort of like, it's like, oh, well, at least if we're get, at least getting the meetings, you know, you know, Phoenix Suns, you know, over the years have always been a team that's wanted to sort of make that splash on a free agent. I feel like Sean Marks will, will make that move if it, if it becomes available, but only if it's the, if the fit is right and only if it's going to make the team better. You know, we're not going to sacrifice, you know, years of progress for one superstar like we did in the past. And, you know, it's always going to be about the right guys. But, you know, flexibility in terms of roster and salary cap is going to be a key to the net success over the next three to four years. And I think Sean Marks has that in mind. And I think uh, this isn't a quote that I have written down, but he did mention, you know, we're not going to skip a step in the rebuild. And I think that's important. You know, you don't want to make one of these moves that maybe it guarantees the Nets in the playoffs next year, but then their money's locked up for the next three years. And then, you know, it becomes a struggle where they have to have, you know, Karis LeVert, D'Angelo Russell, Rondé Hodge, Jefferson, Jared Allen, all under contract, you know, things along those lines. Yeah, you don't want to have that ceiling of being like a, a Charlotte Hornets, Detroit Pistons as an eighth seed. You want to have that ceiling as a championship. And, you know, it's always You want hard that Philly to... ceiling, to be honest. Like, I mean, obviously that's a lot harder to come by. Maybe something a little bit more rational, maybe the Timberwolves. Because, you know, Philly, with the whole trust of process, they just got so many picks. But the yeah. Timberwolves, you know, they got a couple good young guys. They got a little bit better. They made a jump, and then they add Jimmy Butler, and now they're a playoff team. Obviously, injuries have hurt them. Moving forward, though, there is still some potential with that team. Their cap isn't great, though, so maybe that's not a perfect example. No, but it's in terms of where we want to be in terms of sustained success, that's what the goal is. Um, you know, top four and pushing for a championship. You know, it's always uh, the mentality of championship or bust is somewhat narrow-minded in today's NBA. But if we can push, you know, stay around that top four and push, you know, look at what the Indiana Pacers are doing right now. Corey's I think Toronto boys. might be a great example. Toronto as well. And you look at their front office in terms of Messiah Jury, one of the best in the game and will certainly be up there in executive of the year. Uh, Dwayne Casey is certainly top two, top three contender, if not the number one guy for coach of the year. If we can have, I feel like if our coaching staff is going to be, in, and Coach Kenny is going to be in that conversation, and Sean Marks is in that conversation, we'll certainly be around that top four range and hopefully build it for sustained success, you know, because the Toronto Raptors have been one of the best Eastern Conference teams in the past five years. It's just the only thing is that LeBron James has been around. Um, but when we're looking for our, you know, probably our top level, our top years, LeBron James is going to be waning. So it almost, the timeline works out well for us. Yeah, we just got to worry about Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. I'd say yeah, probably, yeah, the only thing you got to worry about with Toronto, I think maybe the Serge Ibaka trade might not have been the perfect move. Maybe they could have gotten somebody a little bit better if they sat on another year with some of the young pieces they have. But, you know, the guy in that position to be a top team, I think that does have some value. But it's really hard to be a championship, you know, team in this. But to end this, this is a quote and kind of a tweet from Nets Daily. News out of the markets and presser. When will the Nets start to measure success by wins instead of progress? Marks. Could be, could be this year, could be next year. Interesting, Nick. Um, I, I, I read the, the title as well of that piece in terms of the fact that there's a bias, there could be a bias for winning, which is interesting because a lot of Nets fans – um, outside of, you know, myself and yourself and sort of the, the beat writers and, and everyone who's sort of, you know, in the inner sanctum, obviously we're not there, but we, we have our knowledge. Um, Caesar has a frustration levels in terms of these close losses, in terms of these, these moral victories. Um, and it's nice to sort of see that 
Coach Kenny and Sean Marks are recognizing that in the sense that, you know, there's only so long that we can accept this um, because, you know, it, it's it's developing an attitude that's like, you know, winning is the be-all and end-all. And at the end of the day, that's what you get judged on as an organization. That's what you get judged on as a player. That's what you get judged on as a coach and, a, and a, an executive. It's about those wins. Um, and hopefully, you know, we see a, a step going forward in terms of being able to get a few more next year. But at the same time, I'm not judging it on wins and losses. It's going to be about how we play. And if we get the right wins and the right, you know, uh, right run with injuries, then that's going to be, you know, circumstantially, it's going to be huge in terms of where we finish in the wins and losses. But um, in terms of being able to sort of bail out and accept those sort of moral victories, um, because we had probably about 10 of them this year, maybe even more, um, it's it's certainly going to be a thing where it's like, no, let's... Ex- we want to get the wins here. We're not going to accept um, you know, mediocrity uh, or anything less than, than a W. So I feel like next season is sort of a stepping stone towards that. Um, but we also need to see you know, the player development and take another step and also build the right roster around that so we can go, okay, now this is what our roster is going forward. Now this is where we need to be, um, you know, 40, 45 wins in the, in the years going forward. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think almost what it's saying is like, we do not want to have less wins than we had this season. You know, moving forward, we want to have more wins. We're obviously not going to measure success by that. And he mentioned, you know, depending on what the front office does, if somebody offers an incredible deal where the Nets can get, you know, some really good talent that might not be developed at all, but it could really help them long term, they might pull the trigger on that move. But even if you look at the Nets this season, going from 20 wins to 28 wins, and I think you'd argue easily that the refs probably cost the Nets minimum I would say three games that legitly the the refs lost and that's the game where it was either last play or last two minutes where it was like really bad so let's say you know the Nets boosted 11 wins in one season that's a pretty good jump like 11 wins is a nice jump if they were to boost that again you know they'd be talking in the playoff picture so it's nice to hear too and like you said Jack you know they want to finish these games they don't want to get in the mentality is there a team that you know they play tough but they lose the game you know that's that's not what you want it's nice to hear that you know your team plays for the full 48 minutes but you want to get the W at the end of the day yeah all about the W's Nick I mean this is a league that's based off wins and losses you know no matter where it is in the regular season or in the postseason so Hopefully our Nets can be judged on that sooner rather than later. And we sort of go beyond the sort of fact where it's like, okay, we're getting these moral victories. We're seeing this player development. We're seeing, you know, nice signs. But, you know, the wins are going to be important. And, and it's going to be nice, hopefully, uh, on the buses going forward, having a lot more pods talking about Nets wins. Exactly. And mentioning the buzz going forward, we'll probably have some podcasts, you know, some shows coming up soon with the playoffs. Soon as the first round comes down, we'll probably get a little bit more into the Brooklyn buzz. Jack and I have been killing it with pods on the NBA outlet on JBT, you know, plenty of playoff info on the otgbasketball.com and on our podcast network. But we'll probably be doing some things talking about maybe potential, you know, trade rumor guys or guys to keep an eye on in the playoffs that the Nets could target. Also, at some point, either this month or next month, we will do our season recap where we'll be giving out player grades, try to get on a special guest. It should be a lot of fun. But as always, thank you for listening, Jack. Thank you for hopping on. Let us know what you think on Twitter at OTG Basketball. Also hit that subscribe button and give us a review. Annie had an earache on a Saturday of all days. So her mom brought her to Minute Clinic at CVS, where you can see a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials like pain relief products, all in one visit. Even on evenings and weekends, you can even see us online with telehealth options. For quality, affordable care on your schedule, visit Minute Clinic at CVS. That's healthier made easier. Services vary by location. See MinuteClinic.com for details.